Hey, Christy. Yeah, Karen. Why didn't the zombie go trick-or-treating with the vampire? Why? Because the vampire's such a pain in the neck. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Cannibal Christy. And I'm Killer Karen. We're backyard garden zombies from Colorado. I became a garden zombie when I forgot to harvest my zucchini in time. It got so big, I was squashed. And I became a garden zombie when I went to pick my tomatoes and was attacked. I planted killer tomatoes. <laughs> These days, Halloween specials have gotten very popular. And we've noticed more and more people picking our brains. Brains. For tricks and treats about Halloween. So welcome to the Upside Down Tulips Halloween Special. A fun podcast that celebrates gardening. And Halloween. Gone wrong. Arr. Upside down, Happy Halloween, Karen. Happy Halloween, Christy. And happy Halloween to gardeners. And wannabe gardeners. And people who love spooky season. Because I love spooky season. I can tell because it's Halloween. So, of course, friends, we're in costume. Yes, we are. Karen today is dressed as a maiden from... Dias de los Muertos? The, you're close. It's Dia de los Muertos. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Day of the Dead. Yes. You have a beautiful dress on. I got this in New Orleans. Oh, it's great. Isn't it's it fabulous? blue and it has the wonderful uh, Day of the Dead faces on it. And it has pockets. Pockets. As all dresses should. Every dress. Shout out to pockets. our friends at My Favorite Murder. Yes. And your makeup is amazing. Oh, my thank you. Your whole face is done as Day of the Dead. Thank you. I can flowers spend, in your hair. I can spend hours on it. And so I was late because I was like, put down the brushes oh, and walk beautiful. away. Yeah. Down in fact, we've been recording for a little bit too, and I've kind of gotten used to it now. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that odd? Yeah. That's odd. I'm just hoping I give somebody like a treat for their day as I'm driving, you know? Yeah, did, they're like, when oh, you drove my. over here, did anybody look at you weird? There was one guy, only one guy uh, that actually did like a double take. And I hope it made him smile. I hope so too. Chrissy is dressed fabulously. Christy is Winona Ryder's character from Stranger Things. She's got the Gorgon, too, as well as a a little Christmas light necklace and some jeans, a striped shirt, and a fabulously 80s corduroy jacket, which I adore. (laughs) And you just look so wonderful. It's such a great costume. I love it so much. Well, you know, I love Stranger Things, and we've done a a bunch of pop plays about Stranger Things, and it wouldn't be... Halloween if we didn't fill this whole episode with lots of treats. So we've got about six pop plays to share with everybody today about Halloween, about gardening, and a brand new one that features Karen as the squirrel on Halloween night. It's spooky. It's great. It's really great. (laughs) Uh, You're a big fan of Halloween, aren't you, Karen? Oh my gosh, I love Halloween. And I think I actually like inherited it. My grandmother loved Halloween. It was by far her favorite holiday, although Christmas was definitely a a very close second. But like she and her brother was my great uncle who lived in the house with my grandma and grandpa. They went all out. I mean, the house was decorated to the nines. It was just magnificent. It was so spooky and fabulous. Once she scared us by pretending to be one of those like fake, we call them mamoch. A mamoch is like one of those fake bodies that's on the 
porch. Oh, my no. grandmother was sitting on the porch, <laughs> just faking like she was a mamoch. And then she stood up and we uh, just squealed. I love your grandma. She sounds She's awesome. She's so fabulous. There's What's your grandma's name? Evelyn. Evelyn. I love Which that. is my daughter's middle name. And she, my grandma has since passed. She was so fabulous. And she was... I got to tell you this other little Halloween story. She was only about 4'11", little Italian woman. Um, and one year, she always wore masks for Halloween. And so she looked like a little kid. So she had on this mask and she goes to her friend's, the Giorno's house, and she just trick-or-treats. They don't recognize her, of course. After she gets her candy, she just walks right into their house and sits down on the couch. And they're like freaking out, yelling at her, telling her to get out of their house, get out oh of their house. God. And she's just sitting there, you know, quietly, quietly giggling to herself until they threatened to call the police. And then she took the mask off and everybody lost it. That's my grandma. That's, that's <laughs> that where you was get your grandma. great sense of humor from. I love Grandma Evelyn. She is so She fabulous. looks like she'd be a fun person to hang out oh with. Oh my gosh, she was the best. Oh she gosh. was the best. I also think, Karen, you know, it, we just can't have you on as a guest host without you sharing some of your recipes for oh, Halloween yes. because you're such a great cook oh, and that's chef. sweet. Thank you. I love doing it. I've often said if I can't be on stage, I want to be in the kitchen, you know? So I do have like, there's these fabulous witch's fingers that you make it's really simple you just you you can even do it with a typical breadstick recipe uh-huh. and then you take a little egg wash on the very tip of that breadstick and you put a slivered almond so it looks like the finger you can uh-huh. you could even color the dough you can use a natural coloration of course which oh, so would you be could like color a, the dough green yeah you could <laughs> use a spinach juice to color the oh, go- dough clever. green then you have this real and make them as craggly and fabulous as possible you know then once they're out of the oven you you've already done the nail part once you get them out of the oven then you can do all this detailing with some red food coloring or beet juice and then you go around the little knuckles and underneath the finger bed. They're oh. so nasty and delicious. <laughs> and you can dip them in some hummus that you could even make into like a brain puddle. <laughs> if you put some roasted red peppers in the middle oh. of the hummus, it's all brainy and gross and gooey. It kids and fabulous. love that. Oh my gosh. Too. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. Oh, I, I love, love that. it so much. I have been making, this is not so Halloween as it is sort of a fall recipe. Um, because I, the tomatoes, Karen, are just coming in like nobody's business. Gangbusters. And um, so here, friends, is a quick and easy, delicious homemade tomato soup recipe. Oh. Preheat your oven to 400 degrees. Toss the tomatoes with olive oil, salt, and pepper, and spread them on a baking sheet and roast the tomatoes for about 45 minutes. Then, um, over medium heat, saute onions and garlic with butter. Mm. Already you can smell it, right? Yes, And red pepper flakes. And then once the onions start to brown, you add some canned tomatoes, sure, basil, thyme, chicken stock, and then you add the oven roasted tomatoes plus the liquid. Yes, Bring it to a boil and simmer for about 40 minutes. Oh, my gosh. And you can serve it. You can serve it chunky style. You can blend it up in a Mm -hmm. food processor. I use my Nutribullet. Oh, I love the Nutribullet. And you can serve it hot or cold. Yes, I love it. That sounds so delicious. You know what? You what else you could do with that soup? Hmm. You could di- you could dip some witch's fingers up in it. <laughs> you could you dip, could witches- dip some witch's fingers <laughs> up in some bloody tomato soup. <laughs> Great. 
<laughs> uh, oh, I on. have a spooky story. Oh, go ahead. Do you want to hear a yeah. spooky yeah. one? Are you sure? Yeah, sure. So just last year, there was this guy that came to our house dressed completely as Michael Myers. The mm. He had the whole thing. With the William Shatner uh, mask? Yes. It was terrifying. He stood there, and I didn't know if he was with some children that had just come to the house. He stood there for a very scary amount of time just standing on my front lawn looking at me and the door. He let many, many groups of children go. So I don't know if he was there with someone, you know, like, or if he deliberately was like, I'm going to stay here because clearly she's freaked out. And I was, it was very terrifying. And that's the thing is that by not doing anything, he's scary. Completely. Like if he had done like a slashing motion or run around, but just by standing there. Standing there. Oh. Could, I could hear that music in the background. Oh, I right know. It's so spooky. And that flute music goes. It's so awful. It's so awful. <laughs> well, folks, we hope you'll consider joining our garden party. People that will throw a couple bucks once a month to Upside Down Tulip so we can keep doing the podcast. Yes, we sure love sharing you. it with you. For every pocketbook, two bucks a month. You can get a beautiful handwritten card from us. Oh, if you're lovely. Five bucks a month, you get seeds from our garden. Even better. Ten bucks a month, you get an upside down tulips mug. Which I have and love. Twenty-five bucks a month, you get an upside down tulips t-shirt. Get out. Fifty bucks a month, I'll come and clean your bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And if there are words or terms you don't know, just check out the upside down dictionary on our website at UpsideDownTulips.com. And we have fun stuff on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. Love it. Now I think we should go to some pod plays. Yes, please. Now this first one was written by Edith Weiss, and it stars Edith and myself and Jason Maxwell, Ichabod Green. And then after that, of course, we have to share with everybody one of our favorite pod plays, Stranger Garden Things. woo It's the last week of October, Halloween week. From sea to shining sea, many gardens have been laid to rest. Meet Edith and Christy, backyard gardeners from Colorado, putting their gardens away for the winter. Christy, it's dark already. Can we finish this tomorrow? Just help me mulch, and then let's go in for apple cider. I really appreciate your help, Edith. Is that a wolf howling? It sounds like it. Wolves in Wheat Ridge? Well, that's new. Yeah, maybe we should finish this tomorrow. Oh my gourd, what was that? I'm not sure, but it's right behind you, Christy. Let's run. I can't. Something is breathing down my neck. I'm so scared I can't move. Christy. It's a headless man on a horse. I need a egg. I think I just peed myself a little. I just peed myself a lot. I need a egg. He doesn't have a head. He needs a head. How can he talk without a mouth? How can he even talk? And how can he be alive? He doesn't have a head. Oh, <gasps> Christy, 
Do you know who this is? I think I do. I thought it was just a legend. Right. The legend of Sleepy Hollow. It's Ichabod Grain, the gardening ghost. And he needs a head. Give him your pumpkin. No, it's my last pumpkin. The squirrel's got the other ones. Are you insane? Give him the stupid pumpkin. Okay, but I turned it into a smiley jack-o'-lantern. He doesn't want it now. He doesn't like the face you carved. The horse said nay, too. (laughs) Not the time for your puns, Christy. We're screwed, aren't we? Maybe not. Christy, I see a giant zucchini hiding under your plant here. Maybe Ichabod Grain will take the zucchini to use for a head instead of a pumpkin. Ichabod? Mr. Grain? Sorry about your head. How about this giant zucchini? Did you know, Ichabod, that everyone in Hollywood has a really big head? Because it photographs so well. I mean, look at Tom Cruise. Really big head. Tiny body. Big head. Ichabod Grain was born in the 1700s, Edith. He doesn't know who Tom Cruise is. Yes, Mission Impossible. Risky business, Top Gun. So, doesn't this zucchini look like Tom Cruise, Christy? Yes, Edith, that looks almost exactly like Tom Cruise. Here you go. That was close. Yeah. Whew. Never garden after dark on Halloween, I'm thinking. Let's go inside for some apple cider. I think I need something stronger. I'll heat it up and add cinnamon. Perfect. Some legends never die. And some are so much more than legends. Go inside, gardeners. You've earned your rest. Happy Halloween. Previously on Stranger Garden Things. Just wait right here by this compost pile, Rhubarb. I'll be right back. Please don't leave me alone, Christy. I feel strange here. Ah! Rhubarb! Rhubarb! Barb! And now, Stranger Garden Things. Where are you? Thanks for helping me search for rhubarb, Edith. Where are we? Your garden is all upside down. Even though this garden contains the same locations and infrastructure of your garden, it is much darker, colder, and obscured by an omnipresent fog while ash-like spores drift through the air. It appears we have slipped down a portal into an alternate dimension. Ooh, check out how everything is overgrown with ropey root-like tendrils and biological membranes covering practically every surface. It all feels strange, Christy. I'm scared. Let's get out of here. But we have to find my rhubarb. I don't like that strange-looking compost pile. Oh, no. What is that strange thing sitting on top of it? Barb? No. Oh, it's just a spaghetti squash. The seeds must have germinated because the compost pile wasn't hot enough because you haven't turned it in a year. 
Wait, look over there. That thing is even stranger. With all this fog and ash-like spores, I can't tell. What is that stranger thing? It appears to be a very, very large zucchini. This is what happens when you don't harvest zucchini in time. Zucchini is best harvested when the fruit is about six inches long. If left unharvested, zucchini squash will easily oh reach... Oh my gourd! It sees us! Run! Wait! What about me? Sorry, rhubarb. Normally we don't mind things upside down, but this is all just too strange. Look! Meet sugar. Hey, Karen. Hey, Christy. You know what's the problem with twin witches? What? You never know which witch is which. (laughs) 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 And let's give a shout out to Karen as the ill-fated Barb in Stranger Garden Things. Poor Barb. That was so fun when we recorded that two years ago. Oh my gosh, can you believe that? And now we're going to talk about plants that can kill you. There's so many. Yeah, surprising. Oh my gosh. I always think of a garden as a place of peace and joy and abundance, but it's a dangerous world out there. It most certainly is. And as we talk about these plants, folks, this is our disclaimer. Well, just don't go taking these plants and ingesting them or having other people ingest them. Please don't. And if you do and you don't feel well, call your poison control center. Immediately. Yeah, it's not a TikTok challenge. No. (laughs) No Tide Pods here. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, one of the ones that I looked into was um, Foxglove. And there was this woman who attempted to murder her husband with some Foxglove that she put on his salad. And instead of dying, he just got extremely ill exceedingly ill but then once he regained consciousness he was able to let the the um doctors know that the last thing he had eaten was a salad made by his wife wow i have foxglove in my yard Ooh, don't eat it yeah but it's such a pretty flower though it's gorgeous it has sort of drooping pink or yellow Mm -hmm. or cream colored flowers and it's a biannual that comes back every other year it comes back twice for two years that's incredible um you know what kills people with it is that there's a something called digoxin Uh uh-huh which actually they use in heart medicine now wow so it's a compound used for treating heart failure so if you eat it, it's like taking unregulated heart medicine. How interesting. It's very difficult to trace. Yikes. And here's another story, Karen. In 1935 in Belgium, there were six murders via foxglove poisoning by a woman tending to elderly patients. Oh, boy. Women do tend to like the poisons in terms of homicide. They tend to lean that way. Well, maybe because women knew about plants. Yeah, maybe. You Maybe. Know. And it's easily accessible. You don't have to, you know, nothing's stopping you. Well, if you do ingest it, the cure is activated charcoal. Oh, activated charcoal comes in handy for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I think that's one of its main purposes, actually, Yeah, is for helping if you take some sort of poison. Totally. But I think it could, like, jumps on top of it. That's pretty fabulous. So oleander yeah. is a big one. There was a woman who killed her fourth husband... 
we don't know what happened to the last three, but she definitely killed the fourth one with Oleander tea. Um, And he, I mean, he died. And then there was another one that I read about there. There was like these dueling funeral homes. Uh So one funeral home director killed a mortician from the other funeral home with (sighs) Oleander leaves that he had brewed into a tea. Wow. Intense. Never thought there would be that much competition. Right? Between funeral homes. You don't think about that. Because it's a business that always keeps going. You would think there's enough to go around. Yeah. But apparently not. Wow. Not for this guy. Well, if you um, even have one leaf from an oleander flower, it can harm a child. So it's a lot of this is about dose. Yeah. I think a lot of these plants are about doses. Symptoms of poisoning include drowsiness, slowed heart rate, and uncontrollable shaking. Oh, my. That sounds awful. That sounds awful. It's a pretty little flower, too. Oh, my gosh. They're all beautiful. The other one is um, the monk's hood. That is one of the most beautiful flowers, and it is so thoroughly deadly. There was a woman who poisoned her husband with monk's hood leaves and stalks that she had boiled and added to his wine. And there was an ex-girlfriend who... um, who murdered her former lover by sprinkling it in his curry and it killed him. Mm. Well, this is talked about a lot. Monks hoods talked a lot about Harry Potter. That's how oh, I know that's it. That's right. That's right. Because that was the potion that they made that would um, relieved, but did not cure the symptoms of werewolfery. <laughs> well, at least it relieved the symptoms. It didn't right. cure they, they, <laughs> right. it. Made, it made the hair okay. And people also know that as wolfsbane as yes. a result of that. And that's a pretty flower because it has, um, it's also known as like blue rocket. It has this big uh, sort of like lady slipper type yes. of a flower in yeah. it. Um, and all over the world it's found. It's most common in England. And in England in 2014, Karen, there was a gardener who died while tending to a multi-million pound estate and they could not figure out what killed him and finally the coroner figured out because there was monkshood slash wolfsbane on the property and because this gardener had cuts on his hands that he just brushed against this plant and the poison got in his cuts and caused organ failure because they didn't diagnose it right away he died several days later well and that's the tricky thing i think with all of these plants and all of the botanicals Mm -hmm. is that they're incredibly difficult to detect you know you're not Mm -hmm. looking for you know fox glove poisoning or monkshood poisoning you know when somebody when somebody dies wow it's so intense to me that i can seep through a wound oh well uh let's do some more stranger garden things let's do our sequel to stranger garden things we call it stranger garden things 2 fabulous very original and then um a a repeat of one of my favorite pod plays, The Silence of the Lamb's Ear. <laughs> Previously on Stranger Garden Things. Looks like everything is back to normal in our small town of Wheat Ridge, Colorado. I even planted a bunch of butternut squash today. I don't know, Edith. Ever since my rhubarb got eaten by the demigourd in the upside-down garden, I feel strange. 
Strange? How do you mean, Christy? Well, I can now garden with my mind. Watch. Oh my gourd! Your compost pile is being turned as if by magic. How are you doing that? I don't know, but every time I garden with my mind, my nose bleeds a little bit. See? Ew, gross. Hey, if it means my compost pile gets turned, I can live with it. Christy, do you think it has anything to do with the giant, high-security, top-secret lab with hundreds of employees on the edge of town? Good thinking, Edith. Let's hop on our bikes and find out. And now, Stranger Garden Things. I'm so tired of riding our bikes everywhere. Thanks for helping me find out why I now have psychokinetic gardening skills, Edith. What is this strange place? Mm. It may be your typical giant, high-security, top-secret lab with hundreds of employees on the edge of town, but this one has what looks like a giant and strange Georgia O'Keeffe painting at the end of the hall. It appears we have encountered another portal into the Upside Down, an alternate dimension of the multiverse. I'm scared, Christy. Let's get out of here. But I need to find out why I can garden with my mind. Look! It's a demigod coming through the scary symbolic iris. And another one. And another. And they look angry. Run! Oh my gourd. Squash need room and circulation, Edith. If planted too close, they get really, really mad. Stand back. I need to start looking like a young Drew Barrymore on the movie poster for Firestarter. What are you doing? You're scaring me. Ew, your nose is bleeding real bad. You blew up the demigourds and closed the spooky vagina. You saved us, Christy. Let's head home on our bikes and see what I can do with Japanese beetles. Awesome. But first, you need a box of Kleenex, and I'm calling an Uber. Welcome to GCM, Gardner's Classic Movies. Previously on The Silence of the Lamb's Ear. Special Agent Jackie Awkward? Yes, I am Special Agent Jackie Awkward. And you must be Cherise Sparrow. Sorry to pull you off the compost pile at such short notice. This is awkward. However, your instructors tell me you're doing well. I hope so. They haven't posted any grades yet. Awkward. A job's come up and I thought about you. Not a job, really. More of an interesting errand. I remember you from my seminar at the Botanic Gardens. You grilled me pretty hard, as I recall, on the garden's environmental rights record in the bush years. I gave you an A. A minus, ma'am. How awkward. Double major, agriculture and criminology. It says when you graduate, you want to work for me in behavioral food preservation science. Yes, very much, ma'am, very much. We're interviewing all serial botulists now in custody for a preservationist behavioral profile. 
could be a real help in unsolved cases. Most of them have been happy to talk to us. Do you spook easily, Sparrow? Not yet, ma'am. See, the one we want most refuses to cooperate. I want you to go after him again today in the Arboretum. Who's the subject? The food preservationist, Cannibal Pecton. Cannibal? He eats people? No. can a bow, As in able to can. How awkward. Have your memo on my desk by Wednesday. Excuse me, ma'am, but why the urgency? Is there some connection between him and Broccoli Bill, the mysterious man who murders vegetables and skins them so he can make a broccoli suit for himself? I wish there were. Awkward. Now, I want your full attention, Sparrow. Yes, ma'am. Be very careful with Cannibal Pecton. We returned to somewhere awkwardly in the middle of GCM's The Silence of the Lamb's Ear. Skipping several scenes and getting to the good stuff. Dr. Pecton. No, it's your turn to tell me, Cherise. Quid pro quo. Why did you leave that garden? Dr. Pecton, we don't have any more time for any of this now. Edith's life's in danger. No, I will listen now. After your father's food poisoning, you were orphaned. You went to live with cousins at a xeroscapic garden in Colorado. And? And one morning I just ran away. Not just, Cherise. What set you off? You started at what time? Early. Still dark. And then something woke you, didn't it? Was it a dream? What was it? I heard a strange noise. What was it? It was spreading. Some kind of spreading. What did you do? I went downstairs. Outside. I crept into the garden. I was so scared to look, but I had to. What did you see, Cherise? What did you see? Lamb's ear. They were spreading. They were ripping up the spring lamb's ear. They were spreading. And you ran away? Yes. I took one clump and I ran away as fast as I could. Where were you going, Cherise? I don't know. I didn't have any well-drained soil or mulch and it was very cold. Very cold. I thought, I thought if I could just save one clump, but it was so heavy. Soft, but heavy. I didn't get more than a few miles. The gardener was so angry. He sent me to live at the orphanage in Pueblo. I never saw the garden again. What became of your lamb's ear, Cherise? He killed it. You still wake up sometimes, don't you? Wake up in the dark and hear the spreading of the lamb's ear. Yes. And you think if you could save poor Edith, you could make them stop, don't you? You think if Edith lives, you won't have to wake up in the dark ever again to that awful spreading of the lamb's ear. I don't know. I don't know. Thank you, Cherise. Thank you. Who is Broccoli Bill? It's your turn, Doctor. Tell me who. Brave Cherise, you will let me know when those lamb's ears stop spreading, won't you? Tell me his name, Doctor. Goodbye, Cherise. Hey, Christy. Hey, Karen. How did the ghost repair the rip in his sheet? How? 
with a pumpkin patch. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Hey, how about that Bill Hahn in Silence of the Lambs year? So good. You know, he did that in one take. One take Tina. Yeah. And he's he's known so much in the Denver metro area as this very serious actor, don't you think? Yes. And it's nice to see his silly side. Most certainly. Yeah. Uh, okay. What else you got, Karen? Plants that will kill you. Oh, boy. So there's this dog button plant. And strychnine is derived from this plant, and it's been used in a whole slew of murders. <laughs> strychnine has, that is. So uh, one of the most famous was actually a male, um, Dr. Thomas Neal Cream. He murdered a slew of sex workers in London in the late 1800s. He was thought to maybe be Jack the Ripper, oh. but he can't be because he was actually incarcerated in the U.S. at the time. Of Jack okay. the Ripper's murder. So he had just moved on. There was another woman um, who, her name is Christiana Edmonds. She was called the chocolate cream poisoner. She had a, a, a chocolate shop. Mm-hmm. What do you call those? Chocolate shop. Just a chocolate shop? Yeah, a sweet shop. I want a chocolate shop. <laughs> I'm going to go into a chocolate shop right now. But she had a chocolate shop uh-huh. and she poisoned People like at random and poisoned a bunch, at least two kids died due to her poisonings, but she poisoned countless people by putting this into her chocolates, which is just no. Right. And that's why everything has to have a wrapper on it now. Come on. Because between that and the Tylenol killer. Don't touch chocolate with poison. Yeah. That makes you like triply evil. (laughs) quadruply it evil know, it's right? awful yeah oh. just awful and then of course there's bell gunnis who i don't know if you know bell gunnis if you're interested at all the last podcast on the left has a magnificent series that they did on uh-huh. bell gunnis she's whoo-wee. she killed a bunch of people with a bunch of different stuff but she was a fan of the strychnine as well ah who can, does it does it taste like anything, or is that how you're able no, to? No, and they, you can slip it and stuff. People say that it might have like a bitter aftertaste, but that's it. Mm. Nothing that would deter somebody, especially if you're eating a chocolate. Right, I know it's horrible. Um, I have this plant grown this plant a lot in my life, and I never knew how poisonous it is. Lily of the valley. Yes. Do you have that plant? Yes. This well, we have. I don't know that we have it. So, now. folks, this is the one with the tiny, white, beautiful, cute little bell-like flowers, and it has a real sweet-smelling scent. Um, but even though it's a tiny little flower, it can cause headaches, hot flushes, hallucinations, and irritability. Not to mention red blotches of cold, clammy skin. Ooh. Even Karen, even the water you place cut lilies of the valley flowers can contain deadly traces of this chemical called convalatoxin, which can intensify the heart's contractions. Oh, my goodness gracious. Keep it away from kids, especially. Well, kids and any pets. Pets, right. Oh, my gosh. That's terrifying. That is really poisonous. Of course, it's all about the dose still, too. Of course, yes. But just, you know, don't mess around with yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Don't do just any en- dose. Just enjoy it. Yeah, just look at it from afar. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Right. If you're going to go touch it, just put on a hazmat suit. You might want that. 
just right. in case. Yeah. You never know. Do not make if it Lily can seep a- into your wounds for crying out loud. Don't make Lily the Valley cake. Never. <laughs> don't do it. Don't even decorate it with fondant Lily of the Valley right. because that's that's just insinuating and it's scary. So just don't. <laughs> there, I read about this woman who um, point. Actually, yeah, yeah. It was a woman who poisoned her brother-in-law with gloriosa seeds. And those are seeds that when they're dried, they look identical to coriander seeds. Oh. Identical. So she made him a a meal and there he went. Wow. Because he didn't, there was, there's no way of knowing. And, and again, it's just something that just shuts your body down. Yes. Just one moment at a time. This one, I think, attacks the respiratory system. Oh. Gosh. Uh, well, there's a whole category of plants called nightshade. Yes. And we know them as, you know, tomatoes are nightshade mm-hmm. and eggplant, eggplant. potatoes, mm-hmm. all nightshade. And part of this nightshade family is a subcategory called deadly nightshade. Ooh. Deadly for a reason. Um, one of the most deadliest is called purple nightshade. And folks should steer clear of this one because the entire plant is toxic. And if you pop just a handful of berries in your mouth, you'll be physically incapable of calling for help. Oh, my gosh. You will lose your voice. Yikes. Respiratory complications, intense digestive disruption, and violent convulsions begin. The combination can all kill you. Oh, my gosh. Um, It's because they have a chemical compound in there called atropine and scolopamine. And these toxic ingredients are so powerful that a minuscule amount slipped into a drink or added to a meal can send a full-grown adult into paralysis, cause severe hallucinations, delirium, confusion, convulsions, death. Yikes. Found in the United States. Uh Uh-oh. Beautiful plant, actually. Oh, my gosh. They all are. Yeah. Really? The flower looks like like a morning glory flower. Mm, How gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, You know, that was something that I was like... Just baffled by it was how absolutely stunning these Na- deadly awful plants are. Nature's clever that way. It huh? is indeed. It is indeed. Well, friends, on a side note, also stay away from mistletoe, larkspur, water hemlock, poinsettias, hydrangeas. Hydrangeas. And more. Who knew? <laughs> right. I feel betrayed. <laughs> Karen. Yes, Christy. Let's have the world premiere. Of Nightmare on Birch Street, <laughs> starring you as the squirrel. Yeah, and I wrote it. And you wrote it, I too. did. I wrote it, too. Good job. <laughs> Jeez, thanks. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the ghosts booing, scaring, and everyone yelling out of pure fear. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I love spooky season. I love the crunch of the leaves, the crispness of the air, the gardens teeming with luscious ripe yummies for my tummy. (laughs) Plus, it's the one time of year that others are as skittish as I am. Then there's the pièce de résistance, the cherry on the sundae, the icing on the cake. They leave pumpkin. 
chickens here on Birch Street. Sumptuous, stunning, sublime gourds for me to gorge on. They just leave them on the steps, on their front porches. They leave them everywhere. They even cut them open to make it easier for me. They could only do me one better if they put the whole thing up in a tree. <laughs> it's like me birthday every day of spooky season. Oh, like this one. Look at this one. So large, so open, so ready for me to devour. What's that? Pepper? Some kind of pepper? Ah, yes, cayenne. They sprayed this one with cayenne. <laughs> silly, silly. In my years, I've built up a tolerance to cayenne. Doesn't even make me sneeze anymore. Hardly makes me tongue tingle. <laughs> hey, you! Dirty squirrel, get out of here, get. Hey, hey, look guy, if you didn't want me to have it, why'd you practically write me an invitation? Ah, it doesn't matter. Just next door, here's another one. Oh, this one's kind of cute looking, really. It's almost a shame to destroy it. <laughs> I said almost. <laughs> I'm going to hug it real close. Come here, you juicy Jim Dandy of a jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> What's this? It's all slippery. Gross. It's on me paws. Ew. What is that? Ah, petroleum jelly? That'll give you the runs if you eat too much at one time. My mum used to put that on me biscuits when I was a mere tot to toughen me up. So, don't bother me, nan. Well, I've got to get it off me paws, though. So I'll just walk up and down this car here. That should do the trick. You stupid squirrel, get off my car. You flighty, don't put nasty things on delicious things and I won't vandalise your property. Ah, never mind this side of the street. Let's go to the other side. Ah, I'm going to wait for this car, though. Then I run across the street right in front. <laughs> I stay still in the middle of the street until they just start to accelerate. <laughs> then I'm going to dash across one way, then the other. <laughs> Darn off a squirrel! <laughs> boy, oh boy, they hate that. <laughs> what a riot. Oh my, look at this will-o'-the-wisp. It might be the most perfect pumpkin that I've ever seen. It has a sheen to it. It almost seems to be glowing. I don't trust it. It's too perfect. It must be a tricky treat. I'm going to walk real slow. I'll just lean in and give it a quick bite. Oh, whoa! It just got dark. Who turned the lights out? Goodness, sure did get chilly all of a sudden. Did you hear that? It sounded like something very large taking a bite of something. Oh, I'm trembling. I've got to hide in this bush. Is this thing? Is it? It can't be. I've heard the legends, the folklore, the campfire stories, the tall tales, but never believed it until now. But it's huge. So huge. And is that a bloody carrot? Oh no. I, I think it might be. Yum, yum, yum. Here comes Peter Rottendale, clumping down the human trail. Oh, I love spooky season. It's the one time a year for two whole weeks when I can walk freely and no one eyeballs a bat or bats an eyeball. 
<laughs> what do we have here? Isn't this a pretty pumpkin? <laughs> no, no, that one had hairspray on it. Gives a weird aftertaste. My most gorgeous gourd. You should have been savored slowly, luxuriated upon, one luscious bite after another, not gone in one fell swoop. <laughs> Did he say hairspray? I guess that explains the sheen. Now I need something to get that icky taste out of my mouth. I want something with gooey insides, something fuzzy and cute with little bones I can crack with my teeth. <laughs> I've always been told I was a bit big boned, so maybe he won't. <laughs> what's this? Oh, oh, what's in here? A cute little fuzzy rat. Nummy, nummy. Oh, yikes. Oh, not by me tail. Why is it always by me and some tail? Oh, please, Mr. Rotten Tail. Uh, Peter, can I call you Peter? Oh, please let me go. I'm not a meal. I'm not even a snack, really. Hardly an amuse-bouche, barely a teaspoon of sorbet, am I? Nowhere near enough to... <laughs> chatter, chatter, chatter. I'll take care of that. You smell like a pumpkin-filled donut, you little rat. Oh, 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 I'm not a rat. Oh, God, his breath is so awful, and his teeth are so sharp. I'm not a rat! I'm not a rat! Oh, oh, oh my. What's this? Grass beneath me? The sky up above? The smell of carved open pumpkins? I'm alive! I'm alive! It must have been a dream. Well, a nightmare, really. An awful nightmare. Hoo, 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 hoo. Hoo. Well, that nightmare sure woke up an appetite. Maybe I'll hop some fences and find some wonderful... Ooh, what's this? A bit of carrot? A bit of a really large carrot? And oh my, is that blood? <laughs> It's like ketchup to me. <laughs> Some kind of hippie organic ketchup. <laughs> in a world in the north of the country, a man and his wife buy a house and for the first time ever, plant a garden. They'd never been happier. The flowers, the vegetables, the sunshine. But suddenly, without warning, it was September. Darling? Where are you going? Out to the garden. What are you doing with those carrot seeds? I'm going to do another fall planting. Oh, John, no. It's too late. It's far too late for planting. We're zone 3B. Everything will just die. It's not too late. Hello, little garden. Here's Johnny. Darling, the sun is almost down. I don't like it out here in the dark. Oh. What was that? Bats looking for food. Well, the insects are dead because it's fall, Johnny. Please, please, just put the garden fork down and come inside. I'm planting these, Betty, and you can't stop me. The bats, they're in my head. They're just looking for food, Betty. Help, help me. I have to finish planting these before it gets too dark to see. I am not wasting these seeds. They're heirlooms. Ah! 
damn it. Where did that seed go? Darling, would you bring me a flashlight? Never mind, Betty. I've got one in the shed. Johnny! From an innocent summer idol to the emptiness, the darkness, the terror of the killing frost. Not appropriate for zones 11 and up. The killing frost coming to a garden near you. Karen. Yes, Christy. Guess what time it is. What time? It's mailbag time. Ring, ring. Because the postman always rings twice. (laughs) All right. Now, friends may remember last year, we got a letter from Teresa, who wrote in to ask us if we'd ever do a show on herbs and witchy stuff and the meanings behind them. And we did. We talked about it a little bit. We talked about um, mugswort and uh-huh. borage, but we thought because it's Halloween and we talked about plants that will kill you, maybe we should talk about some witchy herbs that do some nice things for you. I love that idea. So I'm going to, I want to talk about calendula, which is one of my favorite flowers I grow out every year, also known as pop marigold. Yes. And uh, calendula petals are known to give people clairvoyance, energy, assistance in legal matters. Interesting. Love, prophecy, and psychic powers. So, Karen, you could hang a calendula wreath over your entry door to prevent evil from entering. Love it. You could scatter petals under the bed for prophetic dreams and protection while sleeping. Hmm. And you could carry calendula petals into court for favorable legal proceedings. I love this. I take calendula petals and I put it, I fill half a jar of them and then I fill the whole jar with olive oil Ooh. and I give it, put it in a sunny window and I give it a shake every day or two and the oil turns this bright orange color. Oh, how gorgeous. And I use it to make body lotion. You know, like, oh, uh, like a yes. like hand lotion for Christmas. I bet you could do that with coconut oil. You could probably do it with grapeseed oil. You could, yeah. Any sort of carrier oil. Yeah, and yeah. you could also use it to uh, make a salad dressing out of, too. Oh, I love Much it. Much less anything like that. Especially so. with that beautiful color. That would be pretty on a salad. I love garlic. I love it. I, I think it should go in most things. Not because you're Italian. It's true. <laughs> it's deep in my blood. Um, and garlic has wonderful properties, and it is said to be protective of the home. And it also works as a natural antibiotic within your system. Um, there are some witchy uses for garlic. You can use it as an offering for Hecate, who is the sacred. She's said to be the Greek goddess of witchcraft and magic. You can leave a clove at the crossroads or grow some by your front door to honor her. You can include it in kitchen magic for passion, of course. You always put it in your marinara, and it makes for a great love potion. I've never had any problems with it myself. (laughs) Um, You can ward off sociopaths. If you have a narcissistic coworker or or a sociopath, um, you can just carry it with you, and it's said to repel them. Oh my God. Leave a clove with your divina- divination tools so it prevents negative energies from coming through. You can break a spell with garlic. You can reverse your ritual and bury any remaining spell ingredients in a deep hole with a clove of garlic, mm. and it's said to dispel dispel the spell. <laughs> oh, Do you see what I did there? Yeah, I see that. <laughs> you can use it to purify a haunted house. So again, you put it like near entrances, all of those things to prevent those dark en- energies. 
You can hang braided garlic over a sickbed to protect as well as stop fever dreams and keep away dark thinking. You can stop gossip. You can make yourself a little poppet. And then you put the garlic clove in the poppet's mouth. And then you seal the mouth up shut. And it's supposed to stop gossip. You can carry it with you during your water voyages. <laughs> Goodness knows we do a lot of those these days. Yes. Right? But if you're going on a cruise or something sure. or, or a little dinghy, taking uh-huh. a little dinghy across an ocean, <laughs> you can put that put that garlic right in your pocket. It's going to keep you safe. You can care and you can comfort children at night. You can hang garlic by their window or you can put a clove underneath their their pillow. Teresa, we love this. We're going to keep talking about witchy herbs. I mean, seriously, it's, it's really so fun. cool. There's so many that have so many cool properties. Well, thanks to Teresa for writing in. And if you folks have a question, a good garden story, a topic you want to suggest to us, uh, please write to us at UpsideOnTulips at Gmail or at UpsideOnTulips.com. Karen, I'm in need of some spooky inspiration. Spooky. Yes, please. Halloween is not only about putting on a costume, but it's about finding the imagination and costume within ourselves. Oh. Elvis Duran. Oh, I love that. One need not be a chamber to be haunted. One need not be a house. The brain has corridors surpassing material place. Emily Dickinson. Ooh. Spooky. Deeply spooky. <laughs> well, friends, you've reached the end of a spooky episode of Upside Down Tulips. We are Christy Montour Larson and Karen Slack. And if you got some laughs, some jumps, some fears, some screams, and some value out of this <laughs> week's episode, could you please do us a favor? Hit that subscribe, like, or follow button wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulip Scary theme song. And if you want more, go to denisegentilini.com or you can find that link at UpsideDownTulips.com. Many thanks to the many talents and kind hearts of our friends, Jason Maxwell, Bill Hahn, Michael Morgan, and Edith, Edith Wise. And thank you to our excellent and enigmatic engineer. Join us in two weeks for another episode that will delight and amaze you. And don't forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. Upside down, Hey, Karen. Hey, Christy. Why don't zombies like pirates? I don't know why. They're too salty. <laughs> Are they, are, are they? <laughs> <laughs>